Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of Protect Your Neck in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Rory Ford, as will be the case every week. This is kind of the side podcast that we've got now on the Spitballing Pod network where we can dedicate things to MMA. I think we'd slacked a bit and it's been every now and then, whereas when we started and when we kind of built things up, MMA was our main focus. So now we've got a dedicated place where we can talk about mainly the UFC, MMA, and all that comes with it. Rory, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How about yourself? Uh, coping yeah. well with the extended lockdown? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm probably the person that's dealing with it the best, so I'm all right. Other than <laughs> some takeaways being closed, but I've, I've had to make do. No, that sounds, uh, that sounds sensible. I'm glad we've got other sport back. We've got the Bundesliga back. The Premier League looks like it's making a bit of progress, so at least we have something to keep us occupied. Exactly. So, um, I mean, if for those who are tuning in to any edition of Spitball and Pub for the first time, we'd usually try and have maybe higher production standards, not to downplay us too much, but with it being locked down, as you mentioned, we're having to uh, use Skype and all that comes with it. So I think we've got... Yeah, AirPods we should or headphones or whatever. So uh, we should but, confirm that we are adhering to the social distancing rules. I am in my exactly. own house and Luke is in his own. It seems um, to be the standard disclaimer with all TV programs. If yeah. you watch anything now, it says this was recorded pre-lockdown. So uh, we're not. We're recording in lockdown, but according to the guidelines. And if incredibly people aren't tuning in to hear our voices, then we should confirm. We do have a guest later in the show. Rani Yaya will be joining us to talk about how he's dealing with lockdown, his plans moving forward. And then we maybe are going to go into the vault for some archived interviews about uh, kind of how MMA, how MMA fighters got to where they are today. So we'll be dropping some of them in each week. So you'll have a guest if we aren't floating your boat each week. So you can still make sure you subscribe. Anyway, we got our own little sections, haven't we? This is just the first episode, so we kind of have to explain everything as we go along. We're happy, got... we're happy for comments on a postcard in the comment section <laughs> below. Well, we've got news of the week. We've got a preview of the card that week, if there is one. This isn't definitely going to be every week. It's going to be as and when we need it, so we're not going to be uh, clutching for things. We've been doing a sports podcast on a Monday with no sports, so we're not going to be like that if there's nothing on. There's nothing on. We've got plenty of other things. We also have, as Dana will tell you, if you don't know, now you know. We're going to tell you the fights to look out for on the card before Dana does, because we're going to drop this before the UFC card. Locksmith, we're going to tell you what we consider to be the banker for that card, if you do decide to bet. And then, finally, we've got, well, an interview with a guest, or uh, into the archive. So that should have things polished off nicely. So if we get into things as we start off, news of the week, Rory. <clears throat> news of the week, far away. It wouldn't really be MMA news without McGregor making his way in there, whether it's good or bad. So uh, first headline, 
Abdelaziz offers McGregor a fight with Usman. Hey, you want a title shot? He's quoted as saying. And got some two headlines work together. Kamara Usman on the McGregor fight. I shag him in there if I wanted. Yeah, I did see <laughs> this. A very graphic interpretation of how he sees the fight going. I do think it's a horrible matchup to just about anyone, let alone a guy that's going to be giving up a huge weight and strength advantage to Usman. Um, not terrible at striking, but I think if he got his hands on McGregor, I don't think it'd be too much different to how we saw Khabib nullify him, but he would just pin him down even easier. What kind of made it kind of sink in for me was um, a picture of McGregor stood next to Woodley. I think it was before whichever pay-per-view it was, um, where he fought Eddie Probably 205 yeah. MSG. Yeah, so if you remember at the weigh-ins, there was something where I think he was trying to maybe put a future fight in people's minds, but he squared up to Woodley, and you saw the size difference there. And then when you look at the weigh-ins and you see the size difference between Woodley and Usman, then that maybe should make it sink in for those that are saying, well, you know, if Connor hits someone, they go down which seems to be the thing. People would pick Connor over Ngannou, and some would say, well, if that left shot, if left-hand shot lands. Well, I suppose the best thing that you could probably compare this to, when he was at featherweight, he says, I hit like a welterweight. Well, Usman's been hit by many a welterweight, and we've yeah. not seen him in any kind of trouble. I mean, he looked like he was hurt by Colby a few times, or but then he shook it off pretty quickly, so it was kind of yeah, like, yeah, where you I mean, for like a split second, and then you're back. He's been hit, but I mean, he's not. He's not ever looked he's like he, you know. Hit, like yeah, he, he's not. not he's not uh, in the the cowboy curl up position taking no. shots. Um, do you, do you think that happens? Because it's looking like it. It may be the way things are going. Then you've got Masvidal's just called out Nate because they can't agree terms for the Masvidal Usman fight. You've got. Khabib, who's going to be fighting Gaethje, so McGregor, for the first time in his career, is probably he's on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, it's not a fight that hugely excites me. I mean, I know that I will be one of the suckers that ends up paying the £15 to go and watch it, but I just don't see how he ever beat Tuzman. I really don't. No, it's, it's the people that like overly hate McGregor that are going to want to see it. You're not tuning in for that for a competitive fight. So I'd moan about that the same way I moaned about McGregor Cowboy because we knew that wasn't going to be competitive. And so, you know, this isn't going to be competitive. So you'd feel the same way about it and really have no interest in seeing it when there's so many better fights out there. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the Colby Usman fight be run back. I think Jorge's done enough to, to earn his shot. Um, it's not see a good look for him, looks. for Masvidal, because... You've got to think that it's him that's holding the fight up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the ins and the outs, but it's a bit of a strange one that they can't thrash out a... Uh, well, he's saying that he deserves a lot more money there. than Usman because he's a bigger star, but Usman's the champion. If if you really want the belt, then you take... You obviously negotiate, but you realise at some point that it's stuck in the mud, and so you take the top money you're being offered... Yeah. Win the fight, and then the power is yours. But I don't think. Well, I'm sure he believes he wins the fight, but I'm sure he also knows that as matchups go, that's not a pleasant one for him. 
I mean, it'd be a bit of a weird one. It'd probably be the only time ever that a ranked 14 fighter in the division gets a title shot, which is what um, Conor McGregor actually officially is after his win against Galway. Oh, yeah, I meant uh, Masvidal. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, so, I mean, Masvidal's a bit of a strange one in the, the sense that he seems to be on this sort of cult mission to be the number one likeable guy will fight anyone, but they can't get a, an actual fight done with a champion. Yeah, even if... I, I don't know about you, I have no real interest in seeing the Nate fight again. Once the kind of smoke had cleared from the first booking of it, as much as I thought it'd be a good fight, I was quite confident the size would be too much and that Masvidal was going to win. Didn't think he would be quite so dominant as he was early on, but yeah, I have no extremely real annoying. in seeing a rematch of that. <laughs> extremely annoying when you think it was an early stoppage, but it was probably just saving more of the same. Yeah, I mean, do you have any real interest in seeing that again? Not really, no. Not there's, really. There's better fights out there for all of them. I'd rather see... I saw someone talk about a fight the other day, and I'm trying to think who... It was. Oh, it was... Um, this is completely irrelevant, but someone said, how does Tony Ferguson against Robbie Lawler go at 170? I was like, I actually really like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be quite good fun. But in terms of matchups for them, I think Masvidal, I don't know if it's a negotiating thing, like he's essentially trying to show Usman, look, I've got other options out there because Usman's saying, well, I'll fight McGregor then. So it's them both saying, look, I don't need you, while they both should be facing each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of let's see who the best guy in the division is rather than let's try and, you know, make all these brilliant matchups that end up, a lot of the time not being quite as good as what we hope for. He sh- he should be grateful that um, his manager who he is who he is because if it is Usman's side that's holding out because I mean they struggled to make a deal with uh, Colby for an age and mm-hmm. so if it is that side usually they would just strip him. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he probably to strip Woodley. They stripped. Uh, Colby of his uh, interim title because he wasn't ready to fight when he had what like something torn in his knee or something. They probably have half the UFC roster walk away if um, they strip a alley fighter yeah. of about. Which I'm sure Dana knows, and so he's not going to get into the power play because he's not going to show any sign of weakness, and so it's easy for him to just kind of let things play out. No, exactly. I can imagine he, when it comes to this, is kind of like it just says he can't be dealing with it, and it's like someone else just someone else sort this out. And if it happens, <laughs> come back to me. If not, <laughs> let me know. I yeah. was watching a, a video of his earlier. It was like uh, all the times when Dana White's lost it. Yeah, yeah so I've seen good. a few of those. I've seen a few of those. Steve Mazzagatti being a personal highlight of, <laughs> of Dana's. <laughs> There's there's one of his where I don't know if this is in like the real early days of like social media in that, but he's trash talking. It's an interview with Ariel, so you can see how far away it is. He's like, I'm not scared of the internet. Like it's a real like big man thing. He's like, all you guys, all you media guys, you're scared of the internet. I'm not scared of the internet. Like he's like staring down the camera like this is some <laughs> like power play. Yeah, that is very very random. Very very random. What have we got next? Um, 
Tito Ortiz, I got a call about Tyson. It could double May Mac numbers. He got a call about fighting Mike Tyson. Yeah, uh, if you believe that, I think you'll believe anything. But he's <laughs> calling for the fight. If you've not seen uh, Chael's video reacting to him calling him out, then definitely go and see it. No, I haven't actually watched that. and I'm, I'm a normal um, watcher of, of all things Chael, to be fair. But I've not actually seen that. Um, but him, I can imagine it's as hilarious as you think it would be. It's just him cackling for about six minutes. Saying, you thought that you could fight Mike Tyson. And he says, two superstars square off. I can see one. And he just starts cracking up again. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's not, not a good look for Tito Ortiz at all. If Mike Tyson does come back, which we spoke about on Monday and said that we really hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, Tito I'm Ortiz is not going to be the one in the opposite corner. <laughs> <laughs> no. Makes zero not. sense. Definitely not. Uh, Joe Rogan on 100 million Spotify podcast deal. It feels gross, he said. The context was he was saying that he would rather the news didn't leak then when people are scrapping for work. And I think I might say, by the way, this guy's just made a $100 million deal. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it's not totally his fault. This has probably been in the pipeline for yeah. a considerable amount of time. This, it's not like an overnight bit of news, is it? Um, no, I think it's... I mean, uh, it, it was it's amazing. The, it's the right thing to say for him. Like, yeah. Oh, I feel so bad making this hundred million while people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing that I've read somewhere that apparently he earns now more than all of the UFC champions put together, excluding if McGregor was to be champion. Yeah, that's not surprising, to be fair, the amount he makes. Which is just ludicrous, <laughs> if you think, like, he commentates on the sport, but he now has a side venture totally unrelated to the actual brand that makes more money than all of well, yeah, the, the fighters UFC is like his, that got him. It's just like his hobby on the side, something he enjoys yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you imagine uh, he's still taking home a check from it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> probably put a pretty one at that. Yeah. Alessandra excited to face juiced-up monkey Costa after disappointing fight against Romero. So I actually think it would be quite a good fight. He told a story on a podcast this week, Adesanya, because they said that Paolo Costa was kicked out of the venue because he was being a nuisance, basically, during the Romero fight. Dana or someone someone who was a cage side basically said, just get him out of it. They were having enough of it. The fight was bad enough. Apparently, um, Nganu walked up to him while he was uh, chopsing around the side and basically just kind of stood over him and told him to shut up. And he didn't even look him in the eye or anything. He just pretended he didn't see him there and quickly sat back down. <laughs> Which is understandable. Which I, you, is you very understandable. <laughs> and when Nganu walks in the room, you'd have to be a very big man to not step down. I mean, Costa's a big, uh, a big middleweight. Nganu's a huge <laughs> heavyweight. <laughs> you know, it, there's levels. There's levels. Uh, Daniel Cormier says we need to know how much money Jones was demanding before blaming the UFC for the Ngannou fight not happening bit of a weird look for DC that because he's almost sort of going against the UFC despite the fact he's uh, no no he I listened, to, I listened to the podcast and it's very much I mean I, I like 
DC as much as anyone. He he is very much a company guy, and yeah. he was essentially saying, "Look, before you blame the UFC, he said if if Jones is making two three million a fight, uh, and okay. then he says." Okay. I want 20 million to face and guard you and then comes out, look, the UFC didn't want to pay the money. I get you. Okay, so he yeah. said, look, the UFC put things on the table and then we'll know what to think of Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if John Jones was asking for some ridiculous amount of money. I mean, he did call out Brock Lesnar and said, you know, if you want to get your ass kicked by a guy however many pounds smaller than you. But that's a guy that's not been in active competition. You're talking about probably the from, worst guy to get hit by. Yeah, I saw an article from 2012 saying, um, and it was John Jones interview saying, I'll be a heavyweight by late 2013. Well. <laughs> so seven years later, he's still teasing it. And he does it whenever he doesn't have a big fight lined up, but it's going to backfire now if that's what the reason he's doing it for is because beforehand... I'm not sure I would have been overly excited for it because I think in a rematch where it's close then it usually just goes the same way. But I could have got on board with Jones Reyes too. But once you've teased a heavyweight fight, that's not going to be exciting anymore. It's going to be even less exciting when you fight Jan Blachowicz. Yeah, I mean, that's just... That fight does zero for me. No. (laughs) I mean, I essentially now just want to see John Jones get hurt. Because he is just a clown. <laughs> or but I do, I do think he beats Ngano. I do think he beats him. I think he just if wrestles. If I put my Ngano. money down today, then that would be where it'd go. But I think if it happens, then we've got plenty of time to talk about it then. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a strange one that Adesanya wants Jones and Jones is talking about moving up. It's all just a bit of a yeah. weird dynamic. Well, if we were talking about one super fight in Jones and Garner, if we go on to another, Jessica I against Cynthia Calvillo set to headline UFC event on June 13th. Yeah, as I said to you when you told me, I'm glad that's behind closed doors. <laughs> well, what do Dana they do when Calvillo misses weight? Yeah. Dana said, didn't he, that everyone was begging to fight during this pandemic. This main event suggests that they definitely aren't. No, no. That is agreed. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, I don't, are they even? Well, are they? they're not even top five, are they? Those two. They're How not... good's the card going to have to be for us to do a podcast that week? <laughs> There's going to have to be uh, <laughs> some. Well, you say that it can't be much worse than this week's card. I don't think. I quite like this week's card because I like it where they're close fights. It's the issue yeah. for me is when it's names in walkover. So I'd much rather a card like this weekend, which we'll get to. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll share my views when we yeah. get to the card. Uh, Deverson Figueredo versus Joseph Benavidez, two for vacant titles set for July. Yeah, I don't know what Joseph Benavidez is doing. I don't know what dirt he's got on Dana well, White again. He shot. said it was the headbutt, which is why he lost. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I buy that. But no, we run it back. The I'll only thing is, again. well, he's got to make weight this time, I suppose, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> um, Mike Perry wants to fight piece of shit Darren Till. God, Mike that's Pe- one of them where the people that subscribe to Love Bible will be excited for that fight, whereas everyone else knows that that is a terrible fight. Yeah, Mike Perry is sort of just getting a bit boring now. He 
he came in and you thought, great, he's gonna he's got really heavy hands, smashes people to bits, and now you just realise he's actually very poor at MMA. You said that nicely there. Um, Colby Covington says he dumped Jorge Masvidal on his head in the streets. I don't think he's lying. <laughs> in street Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but again, Jorge's another one of these people. He's just got a massive cult following. People yeah. that probably think he's a lot better than he is. I mean, go back. He got split decision by Damian Meyer. Yeah, he, he said got... in the streets. He said he dumped on his head in the streets. Yeah, irrelevant. But my point is that he's built this reputation from sort of like, yeah, he's won a few fights. But at the same time, if you look back a couple of years, he was getting outclassed by Wonderboy and split decision by Damian Meyer. The irritating thing for me is because of the Street Fighter thing, which is cool. It's a cool story. Yeah. Every time someone says that he's avoiding a fight, his management say, this is a guy that was fighting in the streets against people bigger than him. You think he'd duck a fight and it's like, you know, when there's money involved and once you become a star, things do get a bit different when it comes to the risk you're willing to take. And he's genuinely just fighting big men. That doesn't mean big men can fight. Yeah. You know, I'd rather uh, fight a really big guy that can't throw a punch than a small guy that's been a world champion. Um, Danny Gay says he's willing to give Edson Barboza a rematch. That's one of them where I disagree with the decision, but I'd be more than happy to see both of them in different fights and against each yeah. other again. Yeah, agreed. Um, Bellator's Miles Jury says the UFC are control freaks. One of them where you're not making that bold of a statement there, as if people don't know that anyway. Yeah, I mean that they are their business. At the end of the day, they've got a they've got a it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, Mike Perry is done with coaches. Says he'll only have his girlfriend in his corner from now on. Yeah, we'll move on. Did you see um, Diego Sanchez came out and said, look, he's made the right, he's made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> because of how he is with his uh, sensei. <laughs> that bloke, I mean, I'd love just to spend like a couple of hours just like in the gym, just watching what those two get up to. Uh, John Jones was not happy with Nate Diaz proclaiming himself the real GOAT. <laughs> This is another one of those where like anybody who actually follows MMA knows it's just so far from being true. <laughs> um, Coach Brandon Gibson says, Carlos Condit is definitely looking forward to fighting in 2020. Come on, Carlos, give it up, man. Uh, up. I'd like to see him get a win and then call it a day. Yeah. The dangerous thing is getting a win and thinking that you've got a new life. to. Thinking he's got a run to the title. Although you, you look at some of the people he could have been put in there against, he, he's been put in there with scrappy guys each time. Him v Cerrone, maybe at well weight, that'd be oh, quite fun. No. Um, but Cerrone <laughs> is, is still above that. Get him in there yeah. with like a, some newcomer or, or, an, or another old guy. Yeah, Cerrone. Yeah, Cerrone's old, but he's outside the top 10, then Cerrone's going to deal with them. The issue is when it gets into the top five. Run it back with Robbie Lawler. Wouldn't mind seeing that, to be fair, because Lawler's on a losing streak as well. Um, Mark Hunt speaking on Henry Cejudo. We know he feels about the UFC. World champions shouldn't need to ask for more money. Uh, I do agree on Henry Cejudo walking away in his prime. 
because he's not being paid enough. He's a travesty. Yeah, agreed. Okay, now that's the news of the week. Um, if we go on to the card then, so the first thing I'll say about this card, if anyone lands an accumulator on this card, fair play to them. But we will have two locksmiths for you, so you've got yeah. a double in already. <laughs> but still, this is a nasty card to bet on. Just to run through kind of the main fights, Louis Smoker against Casey Kenny, Tim Elliott against Brandon Royval, Jamahal Hill against Clidson Abreu, Caitlin Chukagian against Anthony Nishevchenko, Mackenzie Dern against Hannah Seifers, Roosevelt Roberts against Brock Weaver, Gabriel Green against Daniel Rodriguez, Blagoj Ivanov against Augusto Sakai, and Tyron Woodley against Gilbert Burns. Good to see some of the smaller guys on the card. Louis Smolker against Casey Kenny. Louis Smolker's done well since he's come back into the UFC. Um, I know he was battling um, alcoholism before he went away, moved down to Team Oyama, got things together, and now he's back in the UFC, and he's doing well, obviously. Up at bantamweight, this fight is, I believe. Um, and Tim Elliott against Brandon Royval. Two... It's, it's good to see Tim Elliott in the Uf- back in the UFC. Well, not back, he's not gone anywhere, but back fighting. Yeah. Do you know what he, he, he did go away for a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's not fought for a fair while. But I quite like when a guy, I think he's like two and seven in the UFC or something mental like that. Yeah. But I agree with not cutting guys like that. And people will say, well, they cut some guys who are even like a winning record or whatever. But some guys, you're happy to see fight regardless. Yeah, Tim Kennedy's rarely like extremely. Not Tim, Tim Elliott. Tim, uh, Tim yeah. Kennedy. Tim Tim Elliott. Sorry, he's rarely outclassed. I mean, he did fight for a title, which yeah, he never really looked like he was going to win, but he did make it a tough fight. He's yeah, he very scary in the, the first couple of rounds. He's very scrambly off the off his back. He makes everything really difficult. I mean, he's very similar to Ray Borg. He's just like one of those awkward, squirmy guys. Always finds a way to land a couple of shots. He's hard to pin down. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's quite fun to watch. Yeah, I, I like seeing him in there. I, I, I'll happily sit down and know that even if you're not going to bet on it because look, I could go wrong, I'm, I'm not sure I'll have a bet on that one. Yeah. I say that, I probably will, but I shouldn't have a bet on that one. It's going to be a fun one to watch regardless. I love the ones where it goes to the mat and then you'll have like the reverse scrambles like two, three, four times. Yeah. So no, that, that'll be, that'll be a good one. And that's actually two of the first three fights on the cards. So you've got a yeah. lot of promotional newcomers on this one. At top of the uh, prelims, then you've got Caitlin Chukagian, who's coming off a uh, loss to Valentina Shevchenko in there with Antonina Shevchenko, who uh, suffered a loss to your girl, Roxanne Modafferi. Not, not my girl. I, I want to get away from this myth. Um, yeah, bit of an inter- bit of an interesting fight. I mean, Caitlin Dukagan, who has just fought for a title and actually ranks in as the underdog in this fight, which is I thought quite interesting. Does she really? Yeah, she is eleven to ten, plays eight to eleven. So I think you're talking sort of plus two ten. Is that Vegas odds plus two ten underdog? I'm not sure. Plus, to be honest. What, is it plus one ten maybe? I'm not sure how, how they work it, but it's one point. So for every hundred dollars you put on, you're gonna get 110 dollars profit for our American list. That surprises me. I'd not looked at the odds there. That's... Yeah, um, which I personally think is on the on the value side. 
Well, yeah, when you look at the experience there and you look at the inexperience of Antonina Shevchenko and that her first real test in the UFC and she suffered a loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean... Anyone play... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, when you do look at Dukagan, I mean, she's not got a bad record in the UFC. And you look back through her fights, I think she's been in the UFC since sort of back in 2016. She has only lost three times. And they the, were to the issue with her is two that, split decisions and a loss to Valentina. Yeah, every fight she has, whether she wins or loses, she makes it close. Like we said about yeah, yeah. Carla Esparza, where she never wins comfortably. But a no, win I over get what you mean. Joanne Calderwood, Jennifer Meyer, they're good wins. Yeah, but I mean, Jessica, you even look back. Oh, she lost Jessica actually, and I'm pretty sure split. I thought she won that at the time. Yeah, but I mean, she beat. Irene Aldana, who's been on sort of a bit of a comeback yeah. mission. Um, she had a unanimous decision over Alexis Davis, Alexis Davis, previously fought for a title. Yeah, you've got some... She's got some names, names on there. If I had to put my life down for one of them to win, it would go on Shukagian over Shevchenko. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... In that fight, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one that if it doesn't really matter what streak um, Shevchenko puts together, she's never going to fight for the title. No. Which is a bit of a weird dynamic. She beat um, Lucy Pudlova, but she was 8-6 and now I think, going into that one. So yeah. it's not like she's knocked someone off massive in the division. Although Roxanne obviously is on a bit of a tear, so... Maybe it's yeah. not so bad when you look back. Stopping hype trains left, right and centre. Yeah. Anyone betting on the Mackenzie Dern fight is mental as well. Because even when she's won, she's not looked great. She swings in with a... Like, what's it? Rusty... Yeah, I think you worry would be... I think your worry would be, despite being a black belt in jiu-jitsu... She always looks like she's going to struggle to get it to the ground. And she doesn't look like she has a great gas tank either. She looks like she likes... Like she's fallen in love with her striking, which is like the worst thing that you can do when you are a grappler. Yeah, there is that as well. There is that. I mean, it's, it is a very, very frustrating person to watch who is a brilliant <laughs> grappler, but just decides that, you know what, I'm just going to bang it out on the feet. I'll see how that one but I think, I think she'll probably win. She's got enough to turn over Hannah Stifer. Up higher on the card, you've got Roosevelt Roberts against Brock Weaver. So that's uh, two like young, exciting guys in the UFC. You've yeah. got some newcomers um, with the Gabriel Green, Daniel Rodriguez fight. Co-main could be very entertaining or truly horrendous, which is the way that it, either it's going to be an Augusto Sakai fight, so it could be very entertaining, or a Blagoy even on fight, and it could be horrific. Well, I texted you in the week and I said, how long is it till we have to be subjected to the Bagloy, even of the um, Alexander Olinik fight, which would just be the most paceless fight ever. <laughs> it would just be, let's see who doesn't keel over quickest. Well, obviously, but, it's a lot easier to say from here, but it does seem strange because... You would think going into a fight with Ivanov, the game plan would be to kind of, to put your shots together. And even if you're not going to get him out of there, because he's a tough guy, 
oh, yeah. to kind of just beat him with numbers. And no yeah. one seems yeah. to do it. They get sucked into his own pace each time. It happens and the result so goes often. the same way. It happens so often. With the, like, the most frustrating thing to watch is watching a guy... Like, I think I backed Tied to Avasi to beat him to not his yeah, last fight, Christ. his fight four maybe, or maybe yeah. three fights ago, two or three fights ago, and I was just like, he hit him with some big shots early on, and it was just like, yeah, but Gloy's just worn him down slowly but surely, just made him wilt. Yeah, he lost a decision, Derek Lewis beat Tied to Avasi by decision, and then beat and beat Ben Rothwell by decision. Yeah. So, main event. What do you think? I think it's a good fight, but... It's a good fight, but I don't see how Gilbert Burns beats Tyron Woodley. People have forgotten what Tyron Woodley is. Which we'll come to later yeah. on a point that I will make on one of our later sections. Yeah, we'll, we'll, he, we'll see. He's a very good fighter. He's got quick, hard hands. And a lightning double leg. I mean, he is 38 years of age, but he's not got a lot of miles on the clock. He's only fought 24 times. You know? Yeah, I, I, I feel like we may be talking about um, Tyrod in the same bit. So if we go to that now, so locksmith of the week. Was this when you were going to speak about Woodley? It wasn't, actually. I was going to oh, go this back is I'm going to, to speak about Woodley, so. Um, okay. so I'll, oh. I'll, we can speak about this now then. So Woodley is, is my locksmith of the week. Um, mainly because I I just don't see him losing this fight. I think it's probably the worst card we could have picked to go with a locksmith. So we'll get that out of the way now. There is no standout. This is the one you're going to nail it on. But I just don't see the fight as close as people are making out. Not so long back, no. Dan Hooker knocked out Gilbert Burns, and a KO win over Demian Meyer isn't convincing me that you're this savage striker. No, I think Woodley controls the range, just take down defences, top draw. He's very good, like we just said about Ivanov, at dictating the tempo of the fight and making it how he wants it to be. Yeah. And I think it depends on whether he is, he said all week that he's, this, he's back to the old Tyron Woodley that's going to go out and starch people and he's not content with decisions. It's all very good saying that. We see the same with uh, Adrian Broner, says it a lot. We saw it with Manny Pacquiao for an age that this is going to be the guy when one where he's going to stop someone for the first time in an age. I think he he plays it safe after the first two rounds when he realizes that look, this isn't going to be an easy out, but he's comfortable enough dictating the tempo, putting his jab out, maybe some inside leg kicks or whatever. But just the way he moves, yep. I think he goes to a five round decision, and I'll take everything he says beforehand with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I mean, do you want my locksmith for the week now? Well, what's your take on the main event first? If we do that, no, I, I, yeah, I think Woodley will beat him. I actually think he might stop him late. I think Gilbert Burns might start getting very frustrated, um, and he might start leaving himself out there. And I think um, Woodley might actually stop him. But do you I think did it's also just because we haven't had sport in so long that people are just willing to convince themselves that everything is a good fight? Oh no, I'm I'm under no under no, no I mean, like, If you look online, people are saying like, no, "This is a great fight for the division." It's it's, yeah. it's good to see someone work their way up to a name. I like that with the UFC. It's one of the things 
that made me love the UFC is that no one is off limits. You can be the top guy in the division, and if someone works their way up, then they're going to get their shot at the name. Yeah. Isn't so good anymore, but like someone you know, like Woodley could easily have hung out and he could have tried to get a Covington or, or whatever, which I don't think that fight's ever going to happen, but it's good to see a the division that he's getting a shot and you could have some new blood and divisions take seriously, but I don't see it being as close as some are making out. No, I don't think it is. I don't think Gilbert Burns is going to knock him out and I don't think he's really, I think he struggled to get him to the ground. So, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to, you know, we got to think that, yeah, Damian Myers not as good on the feet as Gilbert Burns. We clearly saw that in the last fight, but... <laughs> Tyron Woodley absolutely schooled Damian Meyer for five rounds. You know, with yeah. Gilbert Burns really that much. hate mail for even bringing that fight back up. Yeah, but I mean, do we really see Gilbert Burns being that much of a better version than Damian Meyer in terms of the ability to get it to the ground, the ability to I really think... worry Woodley? Well, Chase is something that I would back Burns to be able to pull something out of the bag because he's more athletic. He's probably not more well, he's probably more dynamic because he can go for a submission and he can go for a knockout which there was never a point late in the fight where we thought Maya might clip Woodley so there, he's got that in his favour but yeah a loss to Kamaru Usman and it, it didn't look like the real Tyron Woodley that night and I mean, if, if there was something off with him respect to him for not coming out and making an excuse like that but yeah I think Woodley is clearly above this part of the division there's I think there's like three in the division at the moment and that being Colby Masvidal and Woodley and everyone else is a step or so behind and so agreed I, I, I don't see him being too troubled here uh, who's your locksmith for the week uh, mine is actually Roosevelt Roberts to beat Brock Weaver given that what we saw Brock Weaver get a very very fortunate <laughs> nod last time in a fight he was getting pretty dominated in for as long as it lasted. He got needed in the head. Didn't get yeah, the but I mean, up until that point, he was, you know, getting ragged about fairly easily. Um, I think Roberts looks pretty good. I thought he was pretty good on the um, Zabit v. Cater yeah. card um, back in the last year. He's only got one loss on his, on his uh, record to Vince Pichel, is that how we're saying it? Vince Pichel. Vince from Hell Pichel. Who's a very good fighter. No no shame in that. Um, We saw him burst on in the contender series with a submission victory. He then beat Daryl Horcher, who's sort of been in the the midst of the UFC for quite a few years. Um, So, yeah, I just think he's got a solid record. He's got some finishes on his record. Um, And I just think he gives Brock Weaver way too much to handle. Well, this is the perfect time to... uh go into this one then because uh, if you don't know now you know that is the fight that uh, I would highlight Roosevelt Roberts against Brock Weaver two guys looking to make a name as you said I, I don't disagree with the way the fight's going to play out but I just love the way that he moves Roosevelt Roberts even if he's not going to get the finish here you look I don't think either of them have even shot for a takedown yet when you look at uh, their last three fights so I think it's going to be Brock Weaver pushing forward Roberts with the footwork and it's uh, I guess how often Brock Weaver can get to Roosevelt Roberts to make it a dogfight he's another one that came off the contender series um, Brock Weaver 
Yeah. He was he had like the chattiest post fight interview ever with uh, Laura Sanko, and he he basically, as much as his performance was good, but he got a contract because he he's he's a he's a personality. Yeah. So I think it'll be a fun one that one. Yeah, I also think it'll be a good fight. It was actually also my pick for the. Uh, if you don't know now, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's more because they're two quite up and coming guys. I mean, I'm not going to come and say, you know, I'm really excited to see two newcomers that frankly I don't know a lot about. There's not a lot of other fights that really scream out to me, but I think those two guys may put on a good good fight. Um, but I do think that Roberts will comfortably get the win. To the archives then here for this podcast, um, I actually spoke with Artem Lobov. I believe it was two or three days before the infamous bus incident happened at UFC 223, but this was when he was scheduled to fight Alex Caceres. But as part of this feature here, we've just got him talking about how he first got started in MMA and uh, how he's gone on to have the career that he has. Oh, uh, I was actually, I, I got into MMA quite late. I was 21 years old. Yeah. And I was studying in a university and I was just walking uh, in a corridor and I saw him at uh, just a little kind of paper uh, stuck to the wall saying, would you like to learn self-defense? And there was like a bloody picture. And I remember watching, you know, back in the day, only tactical fights and the old UFC fights. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this was something I always wanted to try, but never really had a chance. And I went down and tried it and absolutely loved it. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. And I, I wondered, um, wh- why is it that you fight? Is it just something that, you enjoy like what is it that drives you on to continue fighting uh well you know to me like this is to me this is the, the truest sport you know imaginable here you yes guess, you know you, you you really get to test your character you really get to, to test you know a lot of people say oh this guy's tough but that guy's tough well here yeah, there's no lying you know there's no hiding yeah you will get exposed and uh, so that's why i like it and to me this is the most sort of animalistic form of sport this is what Inbred into us. Yeah. If you think about the Olympic Games, they started from fighting. It started from yeah. fighting. Fighting was the first thing in the Olympic Games. And, and uh, my coach always gives this good example: is if you ever walking through the park and you see people play football and you see some people play basketball and then a fight breaks out, what does everyone around the yeah, watch? Yeah, ask Everyone is going to be watching the fight because yeah. it's just in our nature. We're just attracted to this form of competition. Yeah. If we go into the archives then, so this is uh, and this is where we look at all across the card and we pick out an old fight from someone who's competing on the card for one that you can go back and look at on Fight Pass or however you view your fight. So for me, both on the card, Louis Smolka against Tim Elliott. I mentioned earlier about why I like Tim Elliott and why I like Louis Smolka, actually. It's just a really fun fight. I won't give away the result if... You don't want to see that, but just great scrambles, high intensity, and the type of thing that you can only get with those smaller guys. So that would be my one to rewatch. Yeah, a bit of a random one for me, but um, sort of following on from what you were saying earlier, that people seem to have sort of forgotten how good Woodley actually is. We are going back quite a while. We are going back sort of like six and a half years, but go back and watch um, Josh Koscheck feel the full power of Tyrone Woodley. It's only a one-rounder, but I just it's one of my favourite knockout. The way that Koscheck's almost sitting down and then he just bangs him with another one-two as he's going down. I just think it's a great KO um, and one that will forever feel highlight reels of Tyrone Woodley. Recently, I sat down with UFC bantamweight Rani Yaha to talk about all things training in lockdown, his life in lockdown, 
his future in the sport and his career as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Check out the interview now. Danny, how are you coping with the, the current lockdown that uh, we have in the in the world? Is it staying fine for you? Are you still able to train? Yeah, definitely a different time, strange time. And I'm trying to take whatever is good from this time and uh, see the benefits. And yes, uh, I have been training. I'm doing a lot of outside training now and all a lot of running sprints, stuff like that. And I also have a space where I train. I, I, I get like two or three people and then we go train like every day. Yeah, and, and so it, I'm, keep, I'm keeping myself in shape, yes. Yeah, and they, are they your regular training partners or have you, have you had to draft in some, some fresh faces uh, given everything that's going on? No, now uh, I don't see any fresh faces for a while, you know, because um, I, don't, I haven't been training for with new people. I just train with the training partners that that are close, that I already know, you know, so and trying to keep the same training parties yep. to do not get the, the COVID. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, we last saw you in action back in March. Um, when are you hoping to get back in there? Are you are you sort of happy to, to fight behind closed doors or, or are you looking to wait until we're, we're a bit more up and running? with closed doors yeah. I had no problem with that a fight is a fight you know I I didn't feel any kind of difference to be honest with you I actually I kind of liked it um, for me both is the same you know if a fight is a fight on the first when the referee say that we can go and the, the first moment we, we touch each other then is is like uh, then uh, Yeah, so I mean, only a cu- couple of months away. So you're hoping to get back in there, you know, pretty quickly. And have you got any any ideas on on who you might want to face? Obviously, a, a very competitive division. But do you have any sort of names that spring to mind, or maybe anyone that's been offered to you? I mean, that was, was obviously a very close fight last time. And did you take many lessons away from that? Perhaps if, if you did run it back, something perhaps you see that you could exploit next time? Yeah, I took many, many lessons from from that fight. You know, uh, 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 well, what happened in that fight is that I was too overconfident that I was going sub to him, submit him very quick. Yeah. You know, because... We had trained, trained before. He used to be part of American Top Team, yeah. which is uh, I trained to do my fight camps. So we trained many times before, and I always did pretty good with him in training, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was very confident that 
in a fight uh, when we were in shape uh, I would tap him very often so I, I kind of burned myself in the very few minutes yeah. you know trying to to submit him and and I got very tired uh, and and then um, the thing that I would do differently is to face him with uh, another kind of respect for him as a competitor, you know, because um, uh, he has a very good cardio, you know, yeah. and he was all known by his cardio, by his strength. He's very strong, has a lot of heart too, you know, mm -hmm. doesn't give up. And I think that was the thing that brought him to, to the UFC and kept him there. So, so I, now I understand that, that I understand his strong points. I would respect him a lot more in a fight, which I think would benefit me. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you mentioned your, your submission game now. I mean, a, a brilliant record in terms of submissions on your record. How, how did you get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Was that the, the main sport growing up, or was there maybe football, soccer growing up? Yeah, at that time, soccer was the most popular sport. Jiu-Jitsu was kind of beginning in Brazil, where I lived. And uh, and then when I began in Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu was starting to, to be the... the the, the combat sport that, that was like uh, that everyone was practicing, you know. Yeah. So I just uh, took the wave and and started to do jujitsu as well. I was, I was very motivated by my older brother. Yeah. Or you know he he wanted kind of to protect me and and advise me to learn how to defend myself doing uh, by doing jujitsu. So yeah. And then that's how I started. I was 11 years old. It was in 1996. Yeah. I mean, plenty of plenty of submissions on your record. We see um, sort of maybe some that we don't see quite so regular, like north-south chokes and, and the like. Do you have a favorite submission on your record, one that really stands out to you? Yeah, on my record, yes. I, I like north-south chokes. It became my... My, kind of my identity everywhere in the world I go to train jiu-jitsu teach a seminar uh, people come to me and ask me about the north-south choke mm -hmm. so yeah north-south choke kind of became my my identity yeah I mean that, that's that's one of your favorites yeah I mean we, we always hear about how brilliant the, the Brazilian fans are I mean you fought in Brazil many times now in the UFC just how special is it to get in front of your home fans very special, very special. Brazil, uh, um, you know, the fans, they, they're very, co very committed with the fighters, with their fighters, you know, in Brazil, they, they root a lot for the fighters, and, and that's very nice, you know, because they kind of go to the fight with the fighter. Yeah. I, like, I was able to feel that a few times, you know, Last time, um, I had I hadn't been fight in Brazil for for a while, yeah. and I was expecting to have a crowd rooting for me, but um, uh, but it didn't happen because of the COVID. Yeah. But uh, honestly, I don't think it makes a difference uh, on the result of the fight. The result of the fight would have been the same. 
But uh, I wanted to feel the the crowd really for me finally when I thought, man, now I have the chance to fight in my hometown finally, and then I'm gonna have no crowd really for yeah. me. <laughs> No, of course, of course. I mean, I mean, what, what's next for you in, in your career? I mean, you've got years of experience in, in the UFC and in an MMA generally. Like, what do you see coming over over the next couple of years? Um, yeah, I see myself um, still doing a few more MMA fights. I don't want to fight for too long, you know. I think in, in a couple of years, in, um in two years, in 2022, will be 20 years that I'll be, I'll be an MMA competitor. So yeah. I want to do a few more flights and, and retire from MMA. Yeah. And still, and still let my still my my career as a competitor. But I still go on. You know, I'm a jiu-jitsu competitor, a grappler. I still compete. Last year was it? I, uh, I compete the No Gear Worlds in the Masters division. Yeah. Uh, I won, and so my career as a competitor uh, without the UFC, gonna still go on. And I'm also a jiu-jitsu, stru- a jiu-jitsu instructor. You know, I have many students. Yeah. Now I'm starting to teach online too, which um, I'm put, I'm gonna be putting courses very soon online. You yeah. know, for to go, to reach uh, more people. Yeah. And so I'm going to still be involved with the fight business, with the jiu-jitsu business. Actually, not the fight business, but the jiu-jitsu business in, in all the, the uh, I'll say that, all the the ways that jiu-jitsu can, can be part of competition, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu for MMA, yeah. self-defense. Uh, me as a competitor in jiu-jitsu, I mean, my career is still going to go on, you know, but I plan to retire from MMA in a couple of years. No, of course, of course. And and just um, a, a final question, is there any sort of thing that you do going into a fight? Do you have any sort of superstitions or, or anything that you you have to do before fights? I mean, we, we hear some guys, they have sort of certain preparations and, and given everything that's going on, is, is, is anything affected? You know? <laughs> okay, you have money. Yeah, I'm a very superstitious guy, you know. I actually I wish I wasn't, you know, but I I, I kind of get attached a lot with the things that I did the, the last time that I was successful, you know. So I, I do like that. Like, okay, so last time I did that and I won. So let's, let's uh, for example... Uh, okay, an hour before the fight, I ate a banana. So my okay. next fight, an hour before the fight, I'm gonna eat a banana. No matter what, I gotta eat the banana. <laughs> if I don't eat the banana. So that, uh, this kind of things, um, I don't know, man. Superstitions. Sometimes I can't say that this is a good thing, but most of the time, uh, I don't think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a my, it's a my thing. I think we gotta be on the present moment. We gotta feel the gratitude. No, of course, of course. Great to speak to you, honey, and we uh, we wish you all the best and, and good luck. Thanks again for listening to the first edition of Protect Your Neck. 
We hope you've enjoyed the interviews. We hope you've enjoyed the breakdowns of what we've had, the news of the week. And I mentioned it on Monday's podcast. If things go to plan, we'll have Pedro Munoz joining us next week, as well as some other fighters telling us how they got into the sport. So uh, thanks again to everyone for listening. We'll be back. Thank you. Thank you very much.